You're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to The Tech Box. Uh, I've got with me today Richard Yates. Hi, Richard. Good morning, James. And I'm James Honeyball, sat here in a rather rainy Britain. It is rather sort of overcast and wet at the moment. Uh, but I think you've come back from sunnier climes, haven't you? Well, yeah, slightly. Uh, well, yeah, yes and no is the answer. I, I've been uh, on a business trip to uh, Luxembourg and Switzerland. Um, I went I went to Luxembourg via Switzerland. And to say it was raining in Switzerland is an understatement because uh, when, I, when I finally got my luggage in Luxembourg, it actually managed to get through my case. So I had to... Uh, send half of it to the hotel laundry to be dried out. Um, but then uh, yesterday and the day before, uh, Luxembourg was brightening up when I left on, I've lost track of the days, Friday. Um, but yesterday in Zurich was a beautiful day, so I had a good a good wander around in the afternoon after my meeting in the morning, um, taking photos. So very enjoyable. But yeah, you're right. It's uh, grey and drab and raining and not very warm and feels quite autumnal, doesn't it, today? It does a little bit. Although talking about rain, I did have recently come back from a week in Turkey. Yeah. And we had 25, 30 degrees for the entire week until the last night when it rained and thundered more than I've ever seen in my life. The rain was absolutely 100%. And it was one of those uh, thunder and lightning storms where it was lightning every kind of 10 seconds for... Probably about half an hour. Uh, I I love a good thunder and lightning storm, something like the Med. The best one I've ever had was... Uh, oh God, man, 30 odd years ago when I was out in Australia in the tropics in Cairns and I mean that was just the most amazing lightning I, I've never seen anything like it and the rain it was like somebody had a fire hose on the on the windows and the roof um, yeah. and the lightning was just flash 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 bang 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 absolutely wonderful experience um, as long as you're in, inside in the dry it has to be said <laughs> less yeah. so if you're Outside, not in the dry, it probably was quite an unpleasant experience. Yeah, but, um, yeah. There, there were a group of us that were marooned in a sort of a shack bar. Uh, oh, what a pity. Sort of Five-minute uh, walk away. Well, we actually weren't. We were actually uh, up the top hotel bit, but uh, there were some people that were kind of isolated uh, down on the beach until they could be shipped a load of black bin bags to wear on the sort of scramble back up. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit, bit, um, bit unpleasant if you have to go out in it, I suppose. So, talking about you know, on your travels, uh, how's 5G watch, international 5G watch? Well, all right, let's 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 just wind that one a little bit back because um, the first problem that I have with international 5G uh, is that um, EE doesn't allow 5G roaming yet. Ah. Um, so, well, let's just wind it back a little bit. Last week, I, I, I suddenly had a bright idea that I have um, uh, a Swisscom pay-as-you-go SIM uh, and that when I was last in Switzerland in August, uh, there was a big load of coverage about how uh, Swisscom had the world's largest 5G network and how they had bigger investment in 5G than anywhere else. And the coverage maps looked absolutely spectacular. And I thought, huh, I have a Swisscom pay-as-you-go sim. So I got onto the online chat with uh, Swisscom, who very happily are quite happy to chat in English. Uh, and they said, yeah, indeed, your Swisscom SIM will work on 5G. So I thought, okay, right. that's good. Yeah. yeah, this is good news. So, so at this point, I think, well, okay, I have a, a, a Galaxy S10 5G. Uh, only small issue is it's locked to EE. Uh, so I went off to EE, who uh, now apparently are happy to uh, unlock second-hand phones, uh, but not during the first uh, six months in contract. And, of course, this one only came out in July. So unsurprisingly, EE basically said, darken our doors again in January. Well, um, this is really quite weird because um, although when 5G launched here, uh, the coverage map said I had coverage, uh, I could never get a sniff of it. And I complained to EE and four days later, uh, they changed their coverage map to exclude where I live. Um, but they also very nicely gave me a, a discount on my contract, which means it's actually cheaper than the equivalent 4G contract. So, so I'm not complaining about that. Um, but I'd never seen a sniff of 5G within about a mile and a half of, of where I am. Um, so I'd kind of sort of thought, well, it'd be interesting to go to Switzerland and actually try some 5G. Um, obviously, I have this problem with the, of the locking. Um, so I thought, well, I'll try on eBay and see if anybody can unlock it. And lo and behold, 
I managed to buy for nine quid an unlock key that actually worked, which was which was quite good news. Was um, that the first one you tried, or did you have to go through sort of like no, twenty no, nine f- quid uh, unlock keys before you got there? No, it was the first one. So okay, that's so good. Really impressed with that, and it came back within about twelve hours. Um, and I was able to check that it, it works in the UK by, you know, putting a, I think I put a Sky SIM in actually. Um, and yeah, sure enough, it was definitely network unlocked once you put the code in. So that was, uh, I'm trying to lose track of the days. I went, I went to Luxembourg on Wednesday. Yeah, that was Tuesday afternoon the code came through. Um, so I made sure it was unlocked, put the EE SIM back in it, um, and repowered the phone up. And then I, I looked closer at the screen and discovered 5G. So, Somewhat to my surprise, I mean, we've we've had about 10 days of a text message from E at 9 o'clock every morning saying, we're having to work on your base station and you'll have degraded performance until 5pm tonight. And that went on for about a fortnight to the extent that I was beginning to think of ringing up E and, and having a moan about it. Um, but on, on that very day, on the Tuesday, rebooted the phone, 5G was available. So I, I now have 5G. Not Not, it has to be said wonderfully fast 5G, and in fact, when when I made this comment in a little group, Leon's response was, well, that just goes to show how crap the 4G is around you, because I can beat those speeds there. That's true, but uh, on the other hand... Um, they weren't even 3G speeds, were they, though? Well, I, I mean, I, if you if you work around the networks, I, I get 4G plus on O2, uh, at the dizzying speed of 10 megabits a, a second download, um, Vodafone, someone at 25. Very recently, uh, three has started producing sort of 50, 60, and, um, E has been a bit of a movable feast. I've had it as good as sort of 120, but most of the time more like 70. Um, but now, at least I do have 5G. Although, what I would say about 5G, having done a number of speed tests on it, is it's as variable as you like. I mean, it's raining now, so the download speed is 29 on, on the test that I've just done. The upload speed is pitiful, barely working. But equally, I've had 180 and 30 up. So you just, one minute it's one thing, another minute it's another. And it seems actually very affected by, by wet weather, which, which if you think of the radio technology, it's not actually so surprising. I think that goes back to what we were saying when we were talking about 3G, i.e. give us 10 megabit 3G, l- rock, solid rock solid everywhere yeah. you go. And yeah. do you really need a whole lot more than that? No, you don't. You don't. I mean, to be honest, the only reason I got it was because uh, I, I was actually thinking of moving one of my contracts to EE anyway, and it said I was in the coverage area, and they were doing a SIM-only contract, so I thought, yeah. well, why not? Something to play with. But yeah, absolutely, it's, yeah. It's not my main main reason for having it. Um, yeah, I mean, here's another example. I'm now doing another speed test. Um, we had 20, was it 29 a minute ago? Now it's up to 77, 80. Oh, it's actually, it's going to get to towards 90, 85, that one is. Very, very variable. I mean, I've not, I've yeah. not, I've not moved. Uh, that was what two minutes from the last one. The last one, incidentally, the upload test failed. It couldn't upload anything, and I suspect the same thing's going to happen now because it's giving me upload speeds of naught point naught one. This is this is going to be another another message. Oh, hang on, dizzying heights of naught point three. Um, this is going to be another message for Edie on Twitter, who basically, okay. you know, basically have um, been a bit dismissive. I think we have. Him. Drastic variability at home. So yeah. when you're trying it out in Switzerland with all their wonderful 5G coverage with your newly unlocked 5G phone, uh, do you experience 5G Nirvana? Well, well, just 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 hold on. I can't pick a moment. First of all, of course, I had three days in Luxembourg, um, and um, I, I did go and buy a, a Luxembourg pay-as-you-go SIM. Um, but actually, I ended up looking pretty stupid because. <laughs> Although it's advertising 5G, they're not actually turning the network on for another fortnight. <laughs> so, so I wasn't able to get any 5G at all in Luxembourg, which was a bit disappointing. So then, uh, then I went to, um, to Zurich with my, uh, Swisscom SIM, uh, and, and, and I experienced the dizzying heights of 10 megabits a second download on 5G, um, which, which was kind of disappointing because the, the Swisscom store about 200 meters from my hotel, uh, reckon that you could get 500 megabits download in, uh, in, in the main street in, in Zurich. Uh, so I got onto the chat again and they said, Oh yeah, well, we'll allow you to have 5G on a pay as you go sim, but we restrict it to 10 megabits a second. Something they hadn't mentioned the time before. Um, but, but not a calamity because I, I, you know, I've got the Swisscom sim because I, I go fairly often and they have a, um, a tariff which is basically unlimited everything for two Swiss francs a day. 
Uh, so they must have heard us talking about 10 megabits all you need. Yeah, obviously so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's, it's interesting. I mean, you know, they obviously have put a lot of money into, uh, 5G in Switzerland. Um, and, and you, when you think of the terrain, it's a kind of a bit of a, I don't know. I, I just get the feeling that, that we're kind of, um, uh, getting into a mobile technology and indeed landline technology backwater. I mean, I noticed in, um, in Luxembourg, I was on the, on a tram in Luxembourg and there was a big advert there for, uh, one gigabit a second broadband, 50 euros a month. Well, that's a moment, what about 42 pounds a month? Um, which is, uh, less than I pay for 300 megabits broadband with, with Virgin. Um, probably much the same for you, isn't it? Um, you know, it, it, we are definitely lagging behind on all of these technologies, which I think has to be a, a pretty bad sign. Um, yeah, that's a little bit of a concern, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's Luxembourg and Switzerland. I know the same is true in uh, Norway, where I go because I've got family there. Um, I didn't actually remember to. to this is very reminiscent of me. I didn't actually think to try. Um, I know I wouldn't be able to do it. I was going to say I had. Three hours stopover in Frankfurt Airport last night, but I wouldn't have been able to do it there because I don't have a German SIM card. Um, there are only so many SIM cards one can have, I think. Um, but I, I would guess there's a very good chance that they've got 5G in, uh, in Frankfurt and that it's probably a pretty good 5G as well. Yeah, I think, um, I don't know, I, I, I'm, I'm torn on this because on one hand, I don't want us to get behind on these kind of infrastructure um capabilities but then on the other hand i'm thinking is it wise to pump lots and lots of money into 5g at the moment when it seems like it's not quite there yet it seems like if you if you were to invest all your money now it would perhaps seem a bit premature but you know on the other yeah on the other hand you don't want to be left behind and if other people are making it work then uh, it must be viable the thing the thing that i find very frustrating uh, i mean i live in um a town between birmingham and coventry um, and it's a reasonably well-to-do area. You would think, uh, that it would be the sort of place that they would put in, uh, good infrastructure, uh, because you'd think you'd be able to sell gaming, you'd be able to sell this, you'd be able to sell that. And actually, um, I, I have to say, I think that my experience of 3G here was poor. Uh, 4G is not great. Uh, I suspect 5G is going to be average. Um, it, yeah, when, when I hear some of the speeds that people get on 4G, I think, well, that's way in advance of what I'd actually, actually would like, you know. Um, but it would just be nice to have that option. And, and if we look at things like self-driving cars and whatever, they've got to have much faster response speeds and much faster, um, connectivity, uh, than certainly is available on 4G. Actually, I don't know what the ping time was on that 5G test. I'll have a look in a minute. It, it's just got to be much faster, you know. Uh, and, and so why not put the right infrastructure in to start with? Yeah, certainly if it's easily up, upgradable, then put the right infrastructure in to start with. But I'm just concerned whether the current generation is the right infrastructure. But anyway, I guess we'll see as things develop. You know, I think um, I think we're both right to be wary of uh, being left behind in 5G at the moment. But only time will tell as to how important that really is, because... You know, is it better to actually get the 5G infrastructure out there or is it better to get the actual networking infrastructure out there? Because, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, are we limited by cellular infrastructure or are we limited by network bandwidth and how efficiently that's sort of um, pushed around the country? It's it's difficult for us to say because we haven't got the insight into it, have we? No, I mean, I mean, network bandwidth is actually, I think, for me, a bigger issue than the speed. Uh, you know, I mean... When I'm uh, using my broadband at certain times of the day, uh, it, it buffers, it takes ages to do things, and it's supposed to be 300 megabit download. But the, the problem is it has no capacity. Yeah. Um, so it can sit there and give me a speed test of 320, I think I've had out of it. Um, it, it, it can give me that, um, but it's, it actually doesn't seem to me to be terribly much faster than when it was 50. Um, and, and I do think that's something that they've got to look at is capacity. If you end up on the, on the end of the line, as it were, and I don't think I, I quite am here because it's not that far from, uh, Virgin's main hub around here. Um, it, it, it really ought to be a lot better than it is. It ought to be a case of press the button, things happen instantly. You know, um, yeah. if you've got 300 megabits a second download, it shouldn't be taking you minutes to download MP3s, for example. And sometimes yeah, it does yeah. do. And, yeah. um, other times it's lightning fast. It's it's just inconsistent. The capacity is not right. 
Okay. Uh, so what other travel problems have you had apart from your 5G connectivity? Um, problems. I, I think problems is probably a bit harsh. I mean, I, I've had a... I've had a month in which uh, I probably would fall foul of the uh, environmental lobby, which is worse because I agree with them in many things, but sometimes you just have to do the travel. Um, not had any problems as such. What I've had is a few opportunities to to try a few things. Um, one is uh, obviously the 5G. I've been experimenting with that. Uh, the other is I finally, when I came back from holiday, managed to get my hands on a, uh, an iPhone 11 Pro. So... Uh, one of the things I have done in the last few days when I've been away is I had a, a couple of afternoons off and I've I've been out taking photographs with it so I could compare them with the with the P30 Pro and and uh, you know, my other phones. Yeah, so I think we've both been using uh, our spanking new iPhone 11 Pros in uh, in anger. So yeah. what's your, what's your verdict? Um, well, about the phone or the camera, or should we do both? Let's let, let's start with the camera, shall we? Yeah, the camera is a huge step up over the previous iPhone camera. I don't, don't think there's a lot of doubt about that. Um, it's very responsive. Uh, it seems to have pretty good range. Uh, it's got one or two nice tricks, like the uh, add bits in out of the photograph you've originally taken, which actually I used yesterday when I inadvertently chopped something off and, and was able to sort of add it back in. That's really nice. Okay, that's good. So you actually used that in anger, which is yeah. good. What what I have found though is I've had a few occasions where I've opened the camera and just got a black screen and actually missed a shot as a result. Um, yeah, it's super buggy, isn't it? Yeah, I've had to close it down and restart the thing, and um, and in fact I, I missed a couple of shots yesterday uh, at um, at Zurich Airport. I was trying to pictures of a few planes taking off to test out the telephoto, and a couple of times I had what I had an A three eighty that I tried three attempts at taking a photograph of, and by the time the camera was open, the plane had taken off. So it was a bit of a dead loss. Um, so I think, yeah, there are, are a lot of bugs. I mean, I think there have been a few comments on there on the, on the net about uh, Apple's quality control. And um, certainly I remember when I used to do the beta program, and I, I, I've done it sort of back to iOS 8. I, I, I deliberately won't do it now on my main phone because I think it, um, it, it does tend to be a bit too buggy. But, but when you have Apple issuing a point one release within a week of the thing coming out, kind of tells you that they didn't get it right before they went through the beta program, doesn't it? You know, it oh, it, definitely, definitely. I think um, it's been absolutely amazing how few bugs most phones have these days out of the box. If you think back to the sort of feature phone into smartphone era, these handsets used to be super, super buggy all the time. And in the last five years, ten years, the just the out-of-the-box experience has been incredible you know hardly ever running you don't just don't expect to run into a bug if you take a a samsung out the box be it s5 s6 s7 s8 s9 s10 you just do not expect and you do not experience an obvious bug out the box which i i've always thought is you know a miracle yeah, uh, yeah so because just think about how complicated these things are and how much functionality they have and how much testing must be needed to go into it especially on something like android which is such a a wild west in terms of combinations of software and hardware and everything yeah so yeah. to get an iphone out the box and for it to be a bit of a buggy mess is it's not surprising given how complex it is and how much work's got to go into it but it's a reality call. It's a reality check, and you think, "Ah, yes, there is a lot going on here." And actually, this is a lot buggier than what we've become accustomed to. Yeah, and, and the only real thing you can conclude you, that you can conclude is that there have been some fairly major um, changes under the hood because it doesn't look that much different from no from, the, from iOS twelve, does it? For example, no. I mean, actually, ultimately, the software. I, w- I was going to say um, one of the things that is is very nice as well about software is, you I mean. If you think of the, uh, back to the days of, of Nokia and how long it used to take them to get a software update out, um, to, to give these manufacturers credit, by and large, they do get software updates out quite quickly. I, I was, I was going to have a bit of a rant actually and say I, I saw that, um, the S9, for example, is now on September security, uh, and, and I was a bit irritated because, uh, the S10 was still on August and, and hadn't been updated. But in fact, on Friday evening when I was in Switzerland, um, through came an update and, and I downloaded it and installed it. I mean, obviously it's, it's EE firmware. So the fact I was in Switzerland isn't the relevant point, 
But interestingly enough, the S105G is now on October security. So I don't think really I can complain about that. Um, so yeah, Apple will sort this, but I, I'm surprised they released it in, in the state that it is because there are aspects of this that are, are not good. And when you've paid 1200, 1400 pounds for a phone, you can't help but thinking they should have got it a bit more right than it is before they actually released it. Yeah, I've got a little bug at the moment. I don't know. How often do you run your phone with the sound switched on? The sound on? Um, very, yeah. Very, very rarely. It yeah. So the sound off. Try, obviously not now, but later today, try running it with the sound on. Yeah. Which which has the all the sort of taptic stuff on as well. Yeah, yeah. And um, my phone at the moment has got a, a bug where if you just hold it still, every sort of... 30 seconds or a minute yeah you know, it's a bit random it has like a taptic tap so you, you mean hold it in your hand yeah 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 uh but nothing you've you've not touched anything nothing's popped up nothing obvious is happening it's just doing a tap every now and again okay and you know i kill everything in the background but still every sort of 30 seconds one minute it gives this little tap and it's actually quite annoying and i'm sort of th- sat here i'm not too worried because i'm thinking well either Apple will issue a software update to fix it, or uh, if I take it into the app, Apple Store, they'll probably swap it out or fix it without too much of a uh, too much of a problem. But it is a bit annoying that that something like that exists, and I can't think of an easy way to actually try and fix it other than um, you know trying to do a backup onto the PC, doing a full reset, and then doing a restore. But that's a whole lot of work. That's a lot of mainly work. Mainly because yeah. I don't want to. I don't want to risk the um, photos and videos that are on there. So trying to copy those over. But actually copying the photos and videos off an iPhone, I find it's a bit hit and miss. It often, whether you're using Windows or Mac, the copying process seems to occasionally fail. Uh, you know, halfway through or two thirds of the way through. So it's a bit of a pain to actually get the photos and videos fully off in one stint yeah yeah i'd agree so i'm kind of just stuck here sat with it accepting the bug and i'm actually hoping that you know we had all these uh bug fixes come out within a few days of each other and now it's been a week where we haven't had one and i'm thinking come on i need one because it might fix this problem the other option i suppose i've got is to push forwards and go into the uh to the next beta but i'm a little bit reluctant to do that because i think we've had reports uh even locally that the beta still you know, very buggy. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I wouldn't put the beta on a, on a main phone. I did that with, I think it was iOS 9, and it, it screwed up my iCloud um, stuff altogether, and it took me literally months to sort it out with Apple. Yeah, actually, I remember you saying about that. Uh, yeah. It was just a nightmare, because it basically told me the whole time that it was it was full, I couldn't store anything on it, uh, and, and indeed it was nowhere near full, um, and it, it was really bad news. Well, just just so you, oh dear, excuse me. <clears throat> just so you know, I, I switched the sound back on um, when you said that, which was uh, about three and a half, four minutes ago, and it hasn't buzzed once. So, question: Is it a particular app? Uh, yeah, uh, but this is where the problem comes, isn't it? What What's the cause? That's the problem. Yeah, and it could be it could be an app that's doing something in the background that on uh, iOS thirteen it thinks that that merits a. alerting tap but um how you know i've got a fair i don't run with millions of apps but you know probably this is one of the one you know because it's like my main phone and i have installed lots and lots of apps on it not millions i it would be impossible to try and find out which one it would be that's way too many for that no no you need colin really don't you yeah, take take the apps off one at a time until you're found with the miscreant yes the offending app yeah i suspect though it may possibly be um, something in the system that, that is reacting badly with all your apps, or it's possible so to say you've got a dodgy device. Now, yeah. the trouble, trouble with that is it's not an easy... I mean, I know, I know you have had this as well, but when I switched from the Tennis Max to this, um, you know, the first thing you do is you spend the whole evening putting passwords in and setting up this and verifying that, and it's not trivial to just sort the phone out, is it? So I think... Um... The only way of doing it is to do a full backup onto your PC and then taking it in, yeah. getting the device swapped out, and then doing a full restore. 
Um, but so your, think, your issue with that, though, is if it is an interaction between one of your apps and, and the system, you've basically wasted your time, haven't you? Because you, you're going to restore and get the same problem. Yeah, but I think I can probably, before I went, so if we role-played it a bit, before I took it into the store, I would um, do a backup, start it afresh, make, and to be honest, the first, before I took it back to the shop, I'd run it with just the, the basic apps on it after I'd done a backup on it and done a full reset and see if it does tap with nothing on it uh, and if it did then I'll just take it back and that's just it's a hardware issue if it didn't then it's a software issue and therefore you know I guess taking it back is not going to achieve anything so you might as well do you know maybe try and build up from scratch which to be honest I normally tend to do on all my androids and everything it's only with iOS because the restore is so good yeah. um that I don't, I, I I tend to restore. But if it's an Android, I always start from scratch. And if I did that, I'd probably be able to see what the offending app was. Uh, and of course, the other point about it is that, that because we all tend to do this on iOS, you know, I'm, I must have sixteen hundred apps on there that I'm never going to use. Now, of course, it, it it will offload them now, won't it? Which is um which is quite good. But I really ought to spend an afternoon just deleting the stuff I'm never going to use because you don't really know what it's doing or where it's going. That's the that's the other good thing about iOS though, isn't it? It's that you've got such fine grained permissions on it, you can make sure that nothing's misbehaving. You can take away its yeah, background yeah. privileges, its network privileges, its GPS privileges. You know, so you can put all your apps in a very small box and say, sit there and don't misbehave, and generally they won't. In a way that it's impossible on Android, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you look at the sort of attempts to to make Android more secure. They're not any of them quite. I don't think as good as uh, as iOS. I mean, certainly. You know, no, the one the one good one though is um, on iOS for a couple of years. You've been able to tell the app it can only use the location yeah. when it's open, uh, and they've introduced that in Android 10. And I think that that's one of the big good permissions that you have, so that they can't use the GPS in the background. And as soon as uh, Android have done that, you see that uh, iOS has uh, cut down the apps ability to uh, listen in on bluetooth which you'll find facebook doing um in ios and you can tell it not to but uh, on android i guess there's still lots of little loopholes available like that i think android's a couple of a uh, couple of years behind in that regard uh, i have a tactic on on facebook listening to my stuff but it doesn't completely work i'm sure and that so is, just not use it i just don't well no I, I think i've logged into facebook twice this year and i haven't really missed it really it was full of people winding themselves on me up and um that wasn't why I did it in the first place. I have found that it's better for that now. I think they're filtering out a lot more of the political stuff. Maybe it's just that I've muted a lot of the political stuff. It, but It's probably um, that. It, it does seem to just be giving me more and more family things rather than people sharing, you know, fake news and that sort of stuff. Anyway, get, getting back to your uh, your solution on uh, Facebook. Well, it's, it's simple. I just don't install Facebook on my phone. And you just use the uh, web app? And, and it, no, I just don't go to Facebook. I, I, I think I've logged in once this year, something like that. Okay, yeah, no, that's a, it's a good solution. Interestingly enough, on the um, S10 5G, Facebook comes uh, pre-installed, and it won't let you uninstall it, but it will let you uh, disable it, and it disables it pretty comprehensively. There was a lot of suspicion on that, because if they install it, if they pre-install it, they can give it whatever permissions they want. You, none of them have to be agreed by you because the app's pre-installed. pre-installed so there's a bit of controversy yeah. about that. Yeah, I mean, whether it's still lurking there. I thought, I've noticed that there's interesting. On the Play Store on my S10 5G, there's a little number one. And I'm trying to work out what on earth it is because it, there, it says there are no updates available. Um, maybe it needs to update itself. What is this number one? That's the question. Yeah. Well, maybe I should um, investigate that at a different time when we're not actually uh, doing something else. But I've never seen that before. Um yeah, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I go back to the, the, um, the new iPhone. Um, I periodically get fed up with iOS, uh, and think I much enjoy all the tinkering on Android. Um, but there are a few things that kind of stop me doing that. The first thing is I absolutely love my Apple Watch and I do use it quite a lot. Uh, I, uh, and one of the things I use it for is I have a, a couple of heart monitoring apps on there. Not, not he says, looking hopefully for a piece of wood that I particularly have a problem. But I did have a bit of a scare a few years ago. I sort of said, watch this and watch that. So the Apple Watch to me is actually well worth it for that score alone. And of course, if you've got an Apple Watch, it's not so easy, unless your name is James, to, to not use an iPhone. Um, 
And I think the other thing that I have noticed is when I'm really under pressure work-wise, the familiarity aspects of the uh, iPhone come into play in as much as if I'm, if I'm under pressure at work, I will always, uh, head for the iPhone. When I'm on holiday, I tend to play with my Androids. So, am I ever going to get away from iOS? Well, ever's a long time, but, but I don't see it right at the moment because there's enough time in that, that I want to stay. So on that score, I'm, I'm very happy with the new iPhone. It has, uh, much, much improved, um, uh, cameras. The battery is, uh, noticeably better I would say I'm sure you've probably experienced the same thing it um, it, it goes on and on and on and, and actually to me the um, uh, the the extra uh, weight is not you know it's not so much that it bothers me I've, I've got a Pro Max I don't know which one you've got did you get the the, 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 the ordinary Pro Normal Pro. yeah yeah well, I was going to get the Pro Pro Normal because I spent at least half of the last year thinking the tennis max is too big um, but then I thought, yeah, but you don't have the world's best eyesight, and actually that does give you that much more screen real estate, and you have managed with it. So I've decided to get the large size another year, and we'll see where we go. Um, it may be in a few months' time, I'm only going, oh, I wish I'd got the smaller one. Well, that's tricky if you're on the upgrade plan like I am. Uh, I think probably I'd have to uh, either settle this one off and start again, or, or else buy one outright, which I might, I might do that. Um, so far, I've been very pleased with it. The, the, the size, the, the screen is very nice. I quite like dark mode, but I think it's a bit of a gimmick. It wouldn't bother me if it wasn't there. It's, you know, I mean, when, when I hear, um, commentary on, on PSC, for example, that, that, you know, the battery saving aspects of this one, yeah, the battery saving aspects must be there, but I can't remember the last time I phoned, uh, other than a Pixel 3, ran out on me during the course of an ordinary day. So, I don't see it's a massive benefit. It must be a small one, but it's to me it's incremental. It's nice, but it doesn't add much. Yeah, I'm not in the business of making my experience with the phone worse, which I consider dark mode to be, for the sake of saving some uh, time on the battery. I want the experience on the phone to be as intended, i.e. if I'm reading a newspaper, it's white paper with black print yeah. and uh, to go to a technology where we have a really accurate white um, with sharp black text on that's readable that's incredible in my book that's one of the big innovations that we've had with our smartphones yeah. and I'm not going to turn that off to get 2 or 3% extra battery well, life well, I, no I mean me neither I mean I, I, I uh, extensively read Kindle on my phone which is another reason why I, I, I've got a larger screen and one of the options on there is white text on a black background I, I find that quite painful to try and read. It gives me a headache quite quickly. And, and, and I think um, if you look at some of the sort of innovations that have come along along the way, they're worth sort of arguing about and worth worth uh, resisting. But but I think dark mode is is just like one of yesterday's arguments because the the difference it makes in battery life is minimal. Um, my feeling is if you like dark mode, use dark mode. And if you like ordinary mode, use ordinary yeah, mode. Yeah, I think that's, that's fair enough. You know, yeah. if, you th- if, you, if, you, if you think it looks better and you prefer it aesthetically, great, go for it. But I don't, and yeah. therefore I don't use it. So I mean, I mean, I've actually got mine set on uh, go dark at sunset and go white at sunrise, um, which I found is quite a nice balance. Because the one thing I would say where I think dark mode is better is uh, if you are reading something uh, near near bedtime or something, yeah, you're probably better not to blast your eyes. But then, yeah, m- maybe maybe when I'm asleep, you have um, night shift though for I, that, haven't you? So, and I and I wake up at two a.m. and for some reason I'm checking my phone. Then fine, maybe I don't want to be blasted with pure white screen. But you know that's really the only use case, and I don't think it's worth all the engineering pain to get us to that point personally so um yeah fine it's good that it's there i suppose but i i won't use it uh generally i mean dark mode tonight is a software feature anyway i think from my point of view on the hardware i think when when we last chatted about this i said all they would have to do is add the uh wide angle camera and i'm sold and kind of in my mind that is literally all they've really added because i never had a problem with the battery on the x or the 10 that got me through the day pretty much um, consistently. So, and maybe that's an indication of my current use case, you know, i.e. I'm not caning it as much as I was when I was um, tubing it in and out of London every day um, and training it in and out of London every day. I tend to drive now. 
How, um, how long? How long does it take you to get into London from Reading? So if I'm what if I was doing a work day, say I was yeah. working in central London. Yeah. It used to take a. Well, it's quite a torturous journey for me to get there. So it used, I think it used to take me at least an hour and a half, hour and three quarters each way. How long does it take you on the train to get into Paddington? Well, from Reading Station to Paddington Ooh. Station, yeah. it's uh, twenty-five to thirty minutes. Yeah, so it's easy to, the problem is getting to the to somewhere other than the, sta- the station, I suppose. So I've got to I've got to get to Reading Station, which is sort of a twenty minute drive. Yeah, you know, then they've got to wait around a little bit on the platform for the train. Then once you get to Paddington, you've got to get the underground to uh, wherever you're going in central London, and that's kind of half an hour, um, depending on which route you go for. Maybe three quarters, depending. So yeah, it's pr- actually it's probably. More like hour and a quarter, hour and twenty, maybe. But the, the, the most part of that is is the beyond Paddington, isn't it? Really, well than yeah, than before. yeah. But the the other thing is because you're you're in a train, you're in the underground. There's not great signal. Your your phone is having to work really hard, and therefore it drains the battery. So uh, that did used to fully test all phones and. Only if you took two phones or you had a real battery phone, it was a you know a specialist battery phone, would you be able to make it all the way through the day? Yeah, I mean the reason the reason I ask is because the only time I've ever had a problem with the uh, Tennis Max is on uh, business trips to London. And uh, to get to London for me takes uh, probably half hour drive and then an hour and a half on the train, and then obviously on to wherever I'm going in London. So you probably can. And one of the places I go to is actually in South London. It probably takes me three hours to get there and three hours back. Yeah. And I've had occasions on those trips where it's gone 10, 12% battery left at the end of the day, which yeah. is the point at which I'm starting to think, well, oh, I wish I got a little bit more. So I'm, I'm quite curious to see how, how the 11 Pro goes. Um, because that is obviously quite a, quite a long day out when some of you've done that. And, and I'm listening to the, you know, I'm listening to stuff on the train both ways. I'm making calls. I'm using the internet, all that sort of stuff. Um, it, 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 I think the, I think the 11 Pro and what I've seen so far will, will do considerably better, actually. Yeah. But having said that, on my Turkey holiday, um, one of the good things about this, uh, Vodafone SIM that I've got, and I think you've still got, yeah. uh, you get the roaming in Turkey, which is great. You get the full roaming. So, yeah. uh, I remember there was one day when I happened to be caning my phone, you know, taking photos, video, you know, being on the internet the whole day, uh, and I managed to sort of run the uh, phone out by kind of late afternoon. Yeah. So it's not like the battery is Titanic on the new iPhone. It's just better, it's which is better. which is yeah. great. But for me, it is the the, the iPhone is. Oh, I don't know whether I noticed that it's a little bit heavier, but certainly because I've been ha- carrying around Pixels and Androids a lot as my main phone recently, just having the 11 Pro now as my main phone. You do notice that these iPhones are heavy. Oh, gotcha. Um, yeah, they are. At, so it's basically just an X with a wide-angle camera for me, which I guess is okay. But certainly the screen is pretty much the same. I, you know, I, I can't do a side-by-side comparison at the moment, but it's kind of the same. Um, the usability app-to-app seems the same. The X was plenty fast enough. Um, it still has the limit, you know, the uh, iOS limitations uh, and no headphone jack, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So. For me, it, nothing too much has changed. Um, I think, but yeah, I, I'm happy. I'm certainly happy with it. I mean, I mean, I, I, I yeah. I, I mean, I, I can run a direct comparison with the P30 Pro, which has an, an astonishingly good battery, um, and the 11 Pro iPhone is not in is is not as good. I mean, yesterday I downloaded five hours of stuff on BBC to watch on the way home. And I watched four hours of it, and the battery was still 91%. Now, in the same time, uh, the 11 Pro was down to 67%. Now, what did I do on the 11 Pro? Uh, I took a few photographs, but not a massive amount of photographs, perhaps 40 or 50. Um, I would have been a bit of browsing, I guess. That's the other thing, a few emails and so on. Um, on the face of it, you'd say the P30 Pro has a much, much better battery. But in practice, of course... It, it also depends on, on the algorithms they're using and how accurate they are. Um, but I, I don't feel it's as strong a battery as the P30 Pro, but what I would say is it's, uh, I think, a good step up. Uh, and, and personally, I'm glad they've made a slightly bigger, heavier phone if it means they've got a bigger, heavier, heavier duty, rather, uh, battery in it. Yeah, that's certainly the right call to make in terms of, um, 
you know, when we had the issue that they were making these iPhones way too thin and the battery wasn't quite doing it. So I think yeah. for me, ever since the Plus phones and the X I'll include as a Plus phone, um, the battery for me has no longer been a problem. It's been past the amount of battery that I've needed. So I've always been happy yeah. with that. Yeah, I think that's mostly it. And, and what's more with this, uh, this slightly bigger phone this year, I can't imagine anybody's going to be posting videos about it inadvertently bending in their pocket. Whether you believe that no, or not. it certainly it feels, feels pretty it, solid, it be, doesn't it? I, I, I wouldn't like to be hit around the head by one of these iPhones. No. I think it would be a rather painful experience to me. Oh, I think uh, you're so. right. I think you'd uh, be out for the count. So whilst we were on uh, Apple things, did you treat yourself to a Series 5 Apple Watch? No. Um, I actually have one coming in about a fortnight's time on a second-hand basis. But no, at the moment, I'm on a Series 4. So I'm interested to hear what you think about the always-on-the-face on the 5. So I absolutely love it, uh, which I thought I would do. Um, did you have a 4? I've gone for the... Oh, no, gone for a 5. Yeah, what did you have before? Oh, I had a Series 1. Oh, yeah, that's a pretty, pretty big leap then, that. Yeah, so I had Series 0, the very first one. Yep. Uh, and then I had the Series 1 one. And I've had, I, when I had both of those, they were out of date when I bought them. So I, yeah. I, I was never on the bleeding edge with the Apple Watches. Yeah, yeah. So now you've gone for a 5, so you are on the bleeding edge. It, it is really a little mini computer. It is fantastic. Yeah. It's got... We set Siri off again on my watch, sorry. It's got every single feature that you'd want. Um, I've certainly turned off Siri on it. I'll try and do that while we're talking. <laughs> in terms of like not requiring, hey, Siri, that seems a really rubbish feature. Why would you want your watch to respond unless you've directed at it? Just lifting it up is not enough, in my opinion. That's that's weird anyway. So it's got an absolutely massive screen on it compared to the Series 1. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. on the Series 1, I had the, what was it, the 42? Yeah, well, this is 44, and now it goes it? up to forty-four. And even though they kind of hinted in the when they launched the Series Four watch that oh the difference isn't too much, it's all about having a bigger screen. You even though it's you know only millimeters in terms of overall size increase, you can tell it is amazing. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I you know I, I don't have good eyes as you know, and and uh, the forty-four screen is just so much easier for me to read than forty-two. And 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 if you've got the uh, the infograph watch face on it the amount of information that you can see at a glance is astonishing absolutely yeah. amazing i still tend to keep it with the simple um watch face to be honest i've got the activity i've what have i got on there i've got normal analog uh clock face with the date and the activity rings on it and that's it and what, that's very very uh it's very tame i've got um uv uh temperature high and low today and current temperature uh, sunrise, sunset time, uh, activity monitor, uh, heart monitor, date, uh, time in London, and a shortcut to uh, workouts. Oh, and 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 calendar as well. Oh, it's it's just amazing what's on there. You know, you really yeah. don't have to pick your watch through uh, your phone very often at all for the, the sort of information you might have interrogated for once. Yeah. So I absolutely love the big screen. It, it does now make. Whereas I think that I I could my puny wrist. I could get away with the 42. You, I think now the 44 does look a little bit big on there, but it's a bit like carrying around a big phone. It's, you know, it's not particularly easy, it, but the, just the benefits of having it. You're going to get used to it so soon, honestly. Yeah, and it's a bit it's a bit like, well, I don't care that it doesn't look brilliant. Um, it's the, the utility of having this massive uh, watch screen is, is really good. And having the always-on display, I think... Um, is uh, is an amazing feature. You know, it's a really it's a real game changer. How, how does that work, James? I mean, does it? I mean, obviously, it's always on. It's the obvious answer to this. But I mean, is yeah, it, does it dim it, or does it? Um, so dim? if you you just yeah, it does dim. Uh, it dims down and it takes away some of the active components. So the um, second hand, for instance, disappears. Yeah. Um, and it, it, yeah, it goes dim. Now the the interesting thing is uh, the one frustration is obviously. Whatever percentage it was for you that when you lifted the phone up and you looked at it um, and it didn't come on, for me it was maybe 10 to 20% at least of the time that I would do that and it wouldn't come on and I'd have to either tap it or wriggle it or try bringing my hand up again. The, the problem now is that sometimes when it's in its sleeping mode and dim and you, you start to use it thinking that um, 
it's on. But of course, it, it doesn't respond to any action on it because it isn't on. So you, you actually have to wake it up and then take the action on it. So for instance, if you were swiping down for a notification, that doesn't work until you wake it. So you need to tap it, it comes bright, then you interact with it. So that's the only annoyance that I've had with the uh, always on screen. Just tap the face or do you have to tap the crown? Or, or uh, tap the face, yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, tapping the face used to wake up yeah. the previous iPhone as well. So, uh, Apple Watch. Watch. So, uh, yeah, you just have to wake it. So you I, you either have to bring your hand up again to make it so that it goes into the on state or you need to sort of tap it and wake it up. So that's the only problem that I've had with the always on uh, screen. But to be honest, apart from that, um, it's just really useful. And, yeah. you know, it's like everyone says, just being able to tell the time on your watch without having to make an ostentatious movement to be checking the time is uh, is great and exactly what you expect. And uh, it's good that the watch now is as fully featured as you could kind of want it to be, I guess. You know, if you were to, if you were to go back five, ten years and say, uh, what do you want from your uh, computer watch? You would list off all the things that the Apple Watch 5 has now got. Well, this this is where uh, I, I mean, as I said, I, I could probably give the phone up easier than the watch. Now, in in, in my little drawer, I've got a Galaxy Watch, a Huawei Watch, a Tick Watch, uh, a Fitbit Watch. I've tried lots and lots and lots of alternatives because really, I'd like to have the flexibility to use it with Android. But I always come back to the Apple Watch because it. it They've just got this right, haven't they? I mean, I remember all the all the mirth when they showed at the launch the uh, sort of cloud of of uh, shortcuts to apps, and yeah, that does look a bit daunting until you actually try and use it. The reason it looks odd is because somebody thought about its actual practical uh, utility. But but no, I mean, let me ask you a question. I, I think amongst 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 the sort of um, podcasting set around here, almost nobody has always worn a watch. Do, do you usually wear a watch? Have you always worn a watch? No, I, I went through a period when I was younger that I used to wear a cheap 10 quid Casio watch. Yeah. Uh, and since then, I've never really worn a watch. So wearing the Apple Watch early Series 0 and Series 1s were the first watches that yeah. I'd worn probably in my adult life. Because I know Kev keeps trying to wear a smart watch and it drives him nuts. Now, I have always worn a watch since I was four or five and I'm, <clears throat> I'm 59 now. Um I've always worn a watch, whether it was a smart watch or not. And and so to me, not having a watch feels quite odd. But, but I honestly, I can make this thing come on every time without an ostentatious gesture. And I wonder if it's because I've got the um, I've got the sport loop, which holds the watch quite close to your wrist. Um, maybe if, if maybe. you wear it loose, if you wear it loose on a on a band or something like that. But I mean, this you know, it's literally sort of it, it, it's a nylon strap and it holds it quite tightly. It comes up every time without fail. So I've got the um, Velcro one. Yeah, yeah, this this one, the one, yeah. one that makes this noise. Yeah, yeah exactly. I've now tied it. I've now tied it too tightly. <laughs> I have no circulation in my hand anyway. The reason why I have it is because I had. Um, I'm now paranoid of dropping it because I've dropped and smashed about three Apple Watches now, and the Velcro one. When you open it and you release it. It doesn't completely come off the. It doesn't. No. The watch doesn't ping off the wrist. There's still, uh, still the yeah. extended loop that keeps it on. Uh, you know, a a loop there. Absolutely right. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I use this uh, band, and it's a little bit unfortunate because it dissuades me from going in going into water with it because it's a fabricy. Um, uh, wrist strap and I just assume that'll get a bit gunky if you just keep on getting it wet all the time by taking it into the swimming pool or into the sea or whatever so uh, it does encourage me to take it off when I'm going into water whereas I think now with these series fives uh, and even the series fours and, and maybe the series threes uh, they're kind of waterproof aren't they so you can uh, wear yeah. them I'm not sure about the three but certainly the four yeah um, I mean it's interesting that that that's that band I always buy uh leather straps of watches because silicon ones or metal ones bring me out in a rash and and when i got this series four um cutting a long story short they, they had a limited selection of uh straps and so i thought well let's try this sport band um not really sure it'll appeal uh but i'd give it a go and if the worst was the worst i'll go on to uh, amazon and get a, a, a black leather one for it uh, and I actually absolutely love this sport band. It's a, probably the comfiest watch strap I've ever had. Now, it does say you're supposed to go swimming in it, doesn't it? I, I never have done. I've, ne- I've never dared to take the watch swimming, to be quite honest. I, I sit there and I think, how stupid would you feel if it 
you know, if it did get wet and drowned or something. Um, but these, these bands are actually, as you say, they're very practical and, and they don't come completely undone, unlike, for example, a leather watch strap or the, uh, what they call it, the Milanese band, you know, they, they, they come loose so that you can get it off yeah, over your hand, don't they? they? Exactly, yeah, that's right, that's the right way of describing it, yeah. Um, so, so, I, I, yeah, I'm actually quite a big fan of them, to be honest. Yeah. So I think for me, I, I, I do love the Series 5. Hideously expensive. Uh, I have taken out Apple Care on the watch, given my previous record. I was going to um, ask if you had, because that does seem to be the obvious thing, doesn't it? Yeah. Um, but no, really happy with it. I think um, I went for the lighter colour, so I went for the silvery aluminium rather than the space grey aluminium, and I think it looks uh, rather smart. It probably looks... It, that probably helps ex- exaggerate... Uh, how big it is so that's probably partly why I think it looks a little bit big on my wrist but Uh I do think it looks nice and I do love the utility of it the functionality of it now I mean you can use it you can use the apps on it with a series 5 the watch screen is big enough for that I mean I I never bothered on the series uh, one and to be honest I haven't bothered a lot on here but certainly now it does make that uh, a possibility and it's you know, it's fast enough as well now. I mean, it's not chugging between screens. It's actually flipping between screens with reasonable, um, with a reasonable clip, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm going to say, I, I think it's, um, well, it's like every iteration, it is, it is getting better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the, have, you, have you tried the um, ECG monitor on it yet? I haven't. That's still yet to be done. Uh, you uh, give that is go. it worth it? Oh, dear. yeah, it works. I mean, I, I, like I say, I had a, a little bit of a, I had a clip of a fright a couple of years ago, and uh, that was about the same time as the... It can't be a couple of years ago, it must be less than that. It was when the Series 4 came out, and, and the doctor was all sort of uh, in, in favour of, oh, yeah, you get that and check it. That's uh, that's definitely all been approved and okay and whatever. So, um, yeah, you should try it. Give it a go. What does that... So, uh, obviously, uh, heart rate tells me how fast my heart is, is going, and if it's uh, irregular, then there's a problem. If it's excessively low or excessively high for any length of time that's a problem and if it recovers quickly after a workout then that's a good thing so i can see where heart rate gives lots of information like that i don't really even understand what the ecg is and what what it's what what ratings mean okay well no it doesn't it doesn't rate doesn't do any ratings what it does is it checks to see whether the rhythm of your heart's chambers are firing in the right order basically Ah, okay. Um, now, now I'm, I'm, I'm not a medical person. I, I should ask my son for a better definition of this because he is. Um, but basically speaking, it's looking for what's called atrial fibrillation, which I think means that the chambers of your heart are firing in the wrong order and the wrong sequence and, and can be quite, uh, well, it can be, it can be really bad news, but I think it can also largely be fixed as well. Okay. Uh, so, what so it's, it's, a, it's a binary thing. It's either an ECG will give a, your heart is operating correctly or your heart is operating Irregularly, yeah. It's base. It's basically uh, it, when it when it does the um, the test, it will come back and say we, it has or hasn't found the signs of uh, atrial fibrillation. Okay. Uh, and, and if it does find signs of atrial fibrillation, you head off to your doctor and say, "Look, my watch says that I've got atrial fibrillation." And the idea, I think, is that you get treatment for it before you would have had any reason to know otherwise you had a problem. So, okay, so that from that, cool. for that perspective, I mean, I'm just doing it now. It, it, it checks your heartbeat, your pulse over about a 30 second period. And it says, well, this is quite good news. It was a bit, I, I realized halfway through that sentence that if it came up with the wrong answer, I'd be looking rather odd. <laughs> but it says, um, this ECG does not show any signs of atrial fibrillation. Warning, Apple Watch cannot check for signs of a heart attack. Uh, if you think you're having a medical emergency, call emergency services. Don't rely on as well. I think that's fair yeah. enough, isn't it? But yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah. It, it basically says your heart is in a sinus rhythm. Uh, sinus rhythm result means the heart is beating in a uniform pattern. This happens when the upper and lower chambers of the heart are beating in sync. So there you go. So that's what it's doing, and and to have that ability on your your wrist is to me quite incredible. I mean, it, it stores it in the Apple Health app. Yeah, it is incredible. Uh, it is actually stores the ECG in the Apple Health app as well, so you can then email it to your doctor if you want to, for example. The other good thing is uh, the battery life. So on this Series 5 yeah. with the Always On, the battery life is just incredible. Uh, yeah. And I think that some people have complained about battery life, and that seems to be related to having the cellular version, because I've certainly had no problems with this at all. I mean, I'm just looking at it now. What we are... Uh, it's on 98% and I've been playing with it all morning. So, you know, it's uh, 
it's just really really good and it's always got a, you know it's always got a good chunk of battery left uh, by the time I'm uh, going to bed now of course obviously the next you know I said it's got everything that uh, you know in a watch that we would have ever wanted I suppose I would probably want a one week battery life on yeah. it so that it could do sleep tracking and I just uh, put it on my nightstand to charge once a week rather than once a day but okay we're probably a few years away from that but uh but you know barring that small uh addition it's pretty good my series 4 cellular will will not do two days but it will get more than 24 hours comfortably yeah. and it and it charge it charges quickly um I mean, the other thing that i know that they're supposed to be working on is uh and I'm, heaven only knows how you achieve this with a watch but uh, and that is apparently they're trying to develop a blood glucose monitor, which is another another sort of thing looking out for health issues that you don't know you've got. Which which yeah. is what this what this um, uh, uh, heart monitor thing is is doing. It's it's kind of trying to give you early warning that you need to go get some help. Well, uh, if they can come up with one that says your blood glucose is is dangerously high, um, that again is another uh, another very positive thing that that. It's adding to it. I, I think that's the point about it. It's also a health device as well as a watch, as a computer and whatever else. In fact, when you think of what this thing will do, it really is quite astonishing. I, I'd like to see it made more independent of the phone, partly because then I could use it with an Android. But also, I, I find it very frustrating, for example, that I've got, I've got the 4G watch. Um, it, it, it frustrates me a lot that although I pay uh, a subscription for the watch, uh, if I take the e sim out of my iPhone, the watch stops working. Um, I, I, I don't really get that. I think it should still work over 4G. So it's, it's obviously paired directly to the phone, and it, it must check back to base all the time. Um, but actually, I think they have, there's a market here they might want to look at of, of a completely standalone uh, Apple Watch. Uh, I guess they probably would say, well, we're selling 50% of the smart watches going at the moment anyway, so why would we do that? And, and that, of course, is a... Is an answer, but no, I absolutely love my Apple Watch. Uh, I, uh, I I have the luxury of having bought a second-hand one for overnight, so I can keep the the heart monitor going overnight, and I just swap them over at bedtime. Uh, and yeah, I've never I've never really regretted it. They're they're a great device, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Don't bounce well at the gym, though. No, I try not to drop it. You mustn't do that again. Mind you, I, I have got I have got the peace of mind now that I've uh, I've put it on my. Um, uh, gadget insurance, and I've got the Apple Care Plus, which is probably duplicating the insurance, which is probably a bad idea. But it's good to have peace of mind knowing that uh, yeah. it should get covered if it gets uh, smashed or uh, uh, otherwise destroyed. So that's really good. Yeah, I'm looking forward to trying the always on one. Um, I can't see terribly many ways that they can improve it, but then you know you don't foresee these things half the time, do you? Uh, certainly longer battery if they could do a glucose monitor there's there are so many things you could add to these things um, but it, it's it's just amazing technology when you think where we were back in the days of the Nokia N95 where they you know integrated a sat nav into your phone and we all were sort of yeah. wow you know uh, and now we don't even think twice about it if you, how, how many different sat navs would you like on your phone well let's pick one of 20 um, well you've got a sat nav on your wrist now of course well yeah yeah, yeah, exactly. As long as, as long as you've got the 4G one and the, and the Sims in your uh, Apple phone. Yeah, absolutely. Although it doesn't roam. I do find that really frustrating. I don't, I don't get that one either. Why can't you roam with a 4G Apple Watch? Uh, but I guess they'll get around to that. Of course, you get the GPS in the normal one now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you do. You do. So I'm just looking at now uh, a map of where I am from the watch, which is incredible. Well, yeah, it, 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 it's mind-blowing when you stop to think about it, isn't it? It is. So, yeah, uh, the Apple Watch gets a thumbs up from me. Um, I've got to say this because we did talk about this a few shows ago. Tomorrow I should be down the gym for wait for a session with a personal trainer. So you can probably hear the screams from the from the Midlands in Reading. Okay. Is this Will this be the second visit to the gym or have you no, been no, going no. in between? No, no, no. I've been going in between. No, this is a personal trainer. So I've been going uh, twice a week since about July now. Uh, oh, brilliant. So. And are you feeling the benefits? Uh, sometimes, although my biggest problem at the moment is, is that I've been away quite a lot and indeed, uh, probably I've, I've gone through a period of two months where I've, I've not really sort of had more than about four days at home more than three times. So uh, I'm feeling all the downsides of living in hotels at the moment. So it'll just, yeah. be, just be nice to have some quiet time at home and, um, 
And yeah, I'm sure the personal trainer will be a bit painful, but there you go. It's a self-inflicted injury, isn't it? Well, let's uh, hope that they, uh, you know, push you on to the next level with the yeah. gym. That's, I think, the idea, isn't it? Uh, absolutely, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it was the uh, last hotel I was at had a swimming pool. I went swimming both days. It's, uh, it's about a mindset, I think, isn't it? It's about what can I do to be active? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you sort of have a cup of tea and a slice of cake yeah, today. No and, cake. Uh, no, no, no cake. No cake. Cup of tea. Yeah, no cake. Okay. <laughs> right. Have a have a have a green tea and some uh, yeah, no, detoxifying no, no, not, uh, contents. No, we're not going to go that, that to that extreme, James. But I did, okay. I did ask for that. I agree. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll see you next time. Take care. Guys. Cool. Have All a right. good one. Bye Cheers, now. Richard. Bye. Bye. Bye.